Join Rowdy and Kyle every Monday and Thursday night for another episode of the Rowdy Magalite Show. Sponsored by On Tire Tailgate System. the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right I welcome everybody to monday morning edition to the rowdy maglite show and kyle i was having a little little director problem here with uh with a dial in so thanks for calling in where i can could boost back up off of what you put up on the screen, but uh, just recapping uh, Michigan yesterday. What about Harvick bringing home his first win out of sixty-five tries? Yeah, he's back in victory lane, and Stuart Haas has well potentially another car in the playoffs. Uh, you look at Chase Briscoe getting a win in Phoenix. Never thought that would would happen that soon. Um, but uh, yeah, Kevin Harvick in victory lane in pretty convincing fashion. Um, easy, easy win over Bubba Wallace, um, who won the pole for the race. Um, no, he was disappointed in that. But uh, yeah, Kevin Harvick's back in victory lane. Snaps a 65 race winless skid, and um, back in victory lane again. So uh, 47 years old, um, still racing. Um, you know, first win since 2020, and uh, you know. Uh, the playoffs are getting really tight now. Uh, Ryan Blaney has the last spot on points, and actually, uh, Rowdy, that knocked Martin Truex Jr. out of the playoffs right now as, as it stands. So, um, got some big tracks coming up. We got three races left in the regular season: Richmond, which is going to be a day race in hot August; Watkins Glen, and then Daytona, the season finale, regular season finale. So, uh, yeah, we got three crucial races coming up. Still, uh, some spots out available. Fifteen different winners in 23 races this year. So. That's kind of where we're standing at right now. And uh, we would have never dreamed it took Harvick 65 races to finally get one. You know, uh, he's he, he's a, a professional. But, hey, he's got a win in the new car, and that's all that counts now. Hopefully he's got enough momentum to make it to the playoffs, Kyle. I think a lot of those one-win drivers could probably use a second win. Uh, I think Tyler Reddick winning at Indy was a big deal, um, kind of solidified them into the playoffs. Um, I know that there's still that second win that's still out there um, for some drivers. Um, a guy like Kyle Busch or Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, Chase Briscoe, Austin Sendrick. Um, these are some drivers that could really use a second win just to give give them some breathing room going into the playoffs. Um, because, you know, we could see 16 or 17 different winners before uh, the regular season's over with. So, um, you know, I know Martin Truex Jr. has some strong tracks coming up, good at Richmond, he's good at Watkins Glen, and, of course, Daytona's a wild card. So, uh, yeah, um, big race is coming up uh, to end the season, and then we get ready for the playoffs. So we start at Darlington, Kansas, and then uh, Bristol, the opening round for the Cup Series in the playoffs. So, kind of where we're at there right now and rowdy uh hopefully uh if everything works out i'll be at homestead in october i'm kind of looking forward to that kyle uh my next one will be daytona in about three weeks away so it'll be that that should be a really good race because that'll be your last chance to make it into the playoffs 
I mean, I, I mean Daytona in August is okay. I mean, I still like the 4th of July. Um, Rowdy, of course, you know, I'd like to see it go back to like a Saturday or Sunday morning race. But we know that'll probably never happen. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, um, you know, we've got the Southern 500 coming up. I know the... You know, the Arkham Menard series, they'll be running. Uh, Kansas has four, all four series there, Rowdy. Um, busy weekend there, uh, the week after Darlington. Um, so, another trip for the Arkham Menard series. Might be Corey Himes' last Arca start. We don't know about that, but you just never know, Rowdy. Um, he's going to be back in the 20 car. Um, other than winning Daytona, just no luck. Uh, Rowdy, I know we talked a little bit about it on, on Saturday, but uh, Corey Heim, uh Looks like, you know, had the best car at Michigan, but uh, unfortunately hit the wall late. Um, came back and finished second, but uh, Nick Sanchez uh, getting the win there. Another win for Rev Racing and taking over the points lead in the Arkham Menard Series. Yes, he did. Uh, that's been another close battle for the points again. And, and Rev Racing uh, with two, one, two in the points there. Uh, and, you know, Kyle, what, three years ago, Four years ago, they were just pretty much, you know, you didn't hear rev racing, but here they are. And it uh, looks like they're uh, trying to make a statement in the Arkham Menard series. Hey, Kyle, if you want to, let's let's just jump on in there and uh, play our Harvick in uh, the deadline room and get everybody started on that, on the, some of the folks on the way in to work and uh, listen to Harvick talk about his win. All right, everyone. We are now joined by the winning driver, Kevin Harvick, and crew chief, Rodney Childers, of today's Firekeeper, Firekeepers Casino 400 in Michigan. Guys, first win of the season, kept the Heritage Trophy here, got that in Ford's backyard. Just talk about what today means for you. Yeah, well, it means a lot. You know, I think, um, you know, as as we went through uh, the first part of the season and, and you know, really not having everything where we want it to, to be. And, and we just really just kept our heads down, um, you know, and just kept communicating and working and working through what we thought our weak points were. And, you know, really over the last five or six weeks, the cars have, have run um, a lot better. And, you know, a lot of that goes to just, you know, Rodney and Steve and Dax and everybody just, um, you know, kind of just, Thinking about what we need to do different and trying things, and, and really it's it's gone smoothly um, over the last several weeks, um, you know, in the simulator at the racetrack and the way that things have have raced. And so today it just it, it, we didn't have anything work against us, you know. That's the that's the biggest thing that that happened today. Pocono and Loudon kind of in the same position and just didn't have the end of it go right. And today it went our way, and uh, we were in position to to capitalize on it. Awesome. If you guys have a question for Kevin or Rodney, just raise your hand and we'll get a mic to you. Start right there with Taylor. Taylor DeSormo with MLive.com. I was wondering if you got to give Piper a ride in the car and uh, what was that like for you and what did she think of it? Well, she did go for a ride. We had to talk her into it. So, um, you know, she she had uh, mentioned that she wanted to go for a ride if we won today. So, you know, just a really, really cool moment to be able to uh, let her experience a lot of these things that, that Keelan's got to experience so many times. And yeah, I think to, you know, hopefully she's old enough to where she might remember some of it and, and at least, um, you know, have some, some great video and uh, footage of, of everything that's happening. So a great day from a lot of different perspectives, whether it's family or team or, or just, um, you know, a lot, a lot of things that, um, that feel good. How old was she last time that, that you won? 
Mm, she was probably was indie. So was that two? Two. I hear mom. Two. Yeah. I don't remember anything. I did when I was two. We'll do Steve and work our way around. Kevin, uh, Steve Swice of the Alaska Press. Kevin, when you um, handed Piper the flag, she waved it like she knew what she was doing. Has she been practicing? A lot of driveway races. Yeah, we, you know, we we, um, you know, our life pretty much revolves around racing, and even even in the driveway, it's fine. You can tear anything up in here you want. <laughs> it's not mine. So you know, it's um, you know, our, our life revolves around racing. So whether it's scooters or go-karts or whatever it is they're they're well aware of how to start and how how a race starts and how a race ends so we might even know what the black flag means do you know what the black flag means yeah are you in trouble yeah we'll go to jordan in the back jordan bianchi from the athletic a couple questions for each of you um this is for both of you what has the last two years been like for you guys during this this winless drought i, I mean you know for for me it's it's um you know obviously you'd, you'd much rather win um but you know the end of last year you know it's kind of like this year we weren't where we wanted to be um you know they they kind of took control and did did the things that that they wanted to do with the cars and by the end of the year we were in contention to to win races and it didn't it didn't work out um but you know to get to victory lane and this year started the same way and they keep their heads down head down and grind away and just start dotting I's and crossing T's and next thing you know it, it comes together so I've been through longer winless streaks and you know it's it's fun to go through it with the with the same group of guys when you finally pop out of it and, and you're like man all that work feels pretty good now Rodney yeah same thing um, you know when you when you go from winning 10 or 11 races a year to to doing that it, it's definitely a mental struggle um, you know, and and like he said, it just comes down to the people that are around you, and the, you know what what certain people you know say every day, and and the way our team meetings go in the mornings, and um, just that dedication, and and everybody, n nobody really ever changed a lick. Um, you know, every single morning we act the same, we talk about the same things, and what we need to do better, and when we need to do it, and. Um, you know, through all that, like when Claire told me it had been 60-something races, I was like, I had no idea it had been that long. But, um, and, and it's really because it's the same every week and everybody works on the same things and tries to, yeah, we try to be perfect and we try to win, but um, when we don't win, we don't, you know, have flames coming out of offices and, and people going crazy. It, it's really about trying to figure it out as a team and, and uh, move forward from it and and um you know i think you've seen that the last couple of months we've just kind of gradually got better and and honestly that's that's been fun you know just learning this car and i'll admit i was probably the hard-headed one all year just you know every week you talk about well this is what we did with the old car this is what we won with with the old car well none of that matters anymore so um when you've done this for 20 years it's hard to get over that so um i've i've finally started to get over it and and hopefully um that's a good thing and and we just keep moving forward and then the second question is for kevin kevin uh, a lot of veteran drivers they get um towards the latter part of their career um say that when they win they start to appreciate the wins a lot more because they don't know when the next one is going to be i'm wondering if that was the case for you today i expect to win so <laughs> maybe i'm overconfident i don't know so it's um you know I expect to I expect to win until the door closes. 
and that's just the expectation that I have. It's you know, it's just it's been the way that I've gone to the racetrack, and you know, I just I don't know that I'll ever be able to turn that off until it's until the door is closed and you just don't open it back up. I just I, I'm just not wired that way. We'll go to Dustin and then Larry. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Kevin, um, you've been through a lot in your career, so you're, you're steady in how you do things. I'm curious about the mental toughness. Um, not, I'm sure at times the, the, the winless streak aspects of it bothered you, but it doesn't destroy you. It, you know, the pressure building, you know, making the playoffs, it doesn't, you don't wilt. How have you kind of been able to refine that, and how how's that developed throughout your career, um, and how much you know experience helps helps you in situations like this? Yeah, I think I've said this in here before, but this is all easy, you know, to to deal with. It's really not that hard. You know, you just compartmentalize it, and and you know you you set it aside, and and you you, you know we try to act like grownups and show up to work every morning and. You know, be productive about the conversations that Rodney was talking about, and and just, you know, you got to believe in the things that are around you. You got to believe in yourself, and you know, there's really, there's really no match for jumping in a race car and and taking over for Dale Earnhardt. So, you know, there's there's just there's nothing like that. There's nothing like that was for, you know, the first six or eight weeks. You just can't match it. Never will. Never come close. There's just there's nothing even close. I mean, there's no never going to be a media session that big again. There's never going to be conversation that big again. There's never going to be a bigger moment in my career. I've had all those, and you know it's just the rest the rest of this stuff is is pretty easy to deal with um, compared to, to to those moments. So, and as you get older too, but you know I think you know that that part comes with just life in general. But um, you know thinking back to you know, looking at that Rockingham press conference. You know, there's probably only a few of you that were that were there, or remember it. But if you want to pull up some video and, and go find out what that looked like, it was you know it was a big enough moment to where Richard stopped practice, and you know there were there were extra tents, and it looked like looked like Trump was there. So, um, you know, it was uh, it was it, there's those moments you just you can't you can't match and you know I think that everything after that is you know that was that was the training ground that was the start of the process Thanks. go to Larry right there you said uh, anyone that doubted you didn't know you basically um, you just ex I guess uh, say more about that how, how you didn't have doubts going almost two years without a win and what your win does to this playoff um, chase and the bubble it creates you know and the excitement over the last few weeks for it creates other... a big bubble because you know I think we were eighth ninth tenth in the points so you know I think um you know the, the some of those guys that have that have won races that you know hadn't been doing very good you know it creates a real scenario to where you know there could be there could be at least 16 winners I mean you've still got Daytona you've got another road course there's a lot of things that that can still happen here so um but yeah I mean it's like Rodney said it's been 65 races because Honestly, you know, there's been moments to where you go in and you're like, oh, man, you know, we." if you think back, you're like, well, we probably want to race sometime in between there, but we haven't. And that's just the way this goes. And, and you just keep grinding away and start over again next week. And tomorrow will be just a start over process for, for Richmond. And I know it's boring, but, I mean, that's just the, that's the way that you approach it. And that approach really started several years ago when, 
you know, we sat down and, and talked and said, okay, how do we race like the 48 every week? And really from that point on, it's been on. And you, you prep the same way. And it doesn't matter if it's a playoff race, last race, first race, you know, how do you maintain that preparation level? And, and that's just how you plan. Before we continue all the questions for Kevin, does anybody have a question for Rodney? We can get Rodney back to the car. Okay, we'll go to Daniel first. Daniel McFadden, uh, FrenchStretch.com. This is for both of you. Um, for, for a while today, it didn't seem like Ford was going to have much much of a say in whether it extended its winning streak at Michigan. So for you guys to swoop in at, at the last minute sort of and both end your winless streak and extend theirs here, what, did, what does that mean for you guys? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I felt like we had really good speed all weekend and, and – um, you know, as we were watching during the race and watching SMT and watching our lap times and stuff, every time we would kind of get a clear lap, we were just as fast as the leader, and we knew that maybe if we could ever get there, we would be okay. One strong suit we had was on four tires on long runs. We could we could pass cars, and a lot of people couldn't. And, um, you know, you, you would look there before we, we got the lead because of the caution, and we weren't the best because we had put two tires on and got too tight, but... Um, I knew that if we could ever get there, we could at least give them a run for their money. And, you know, maybe maybe we weren't the best, but, um, you know, if you can run top three, top four every single week, you have opportunities to, to take advantage of other people's mistakes or or fortunate cautions or different things. And, um, you know, like he was saying earlier, it, it's really more about what went right today. Um, you know, we've had a lot of races that maybe things didn't go our way, but... Today was everything went right. Every pit stop was right. Every execution was right, and and uh, we just ended up in the right spot at the right time. Okay, we'll go to Chris. Yeah, uh, Rodney. Uh, now that you guys have a win, what are you guys capable of in the playoffs? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you can really answer that. Um, you know, going next week to Richmond uh, has been a, a great place for us, and. And I, I think, you know, we kind of need to go through a few more races. Like I, I stayed in these meetings every, every week, and and um, and everybody that knows me knows what I mean. It, it, you know, we are still learning so much every single week. It's, uh, you know, you, you don't have like this little folder after the race. You have this huge memory bank of, of stuff that you have gathered and things that you could have done different and things that you should have, you know, done to the car or setup wise and it's really more about those those deals and you know what turned our corner I felt like was having 50 minutes of practice at Nashville we unloaded we were absolutely horrible and we changed everything on the car to start the race and we qualified up front and ran up front all night and we've done that ever since and so having 50 minutes of practice being able to change stuff after it 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 has changed our season. So, um, you know, every week we learn, and hopefully we're getting that a little bit better, and I think that you guys have seen that, and uh, we just got to keep pushing and try to, try to you know, run with them guys, and, and we have. And if we can do that in the playoffs and be consistent and get through a round or two, we can, we can make some noise. We'll go to Jazz in the back right there. Evening, gentlemen. Jazz Sharp with the podium finish. When the quote – Patients never give up. Do you both feel like that's something that you feel like really means a lot, considering all the trials and tribulations that both of y'all have gone through this year? And also for Kevin, when it comes to that, and I know that school's right around the corner and all that, 
how would you be able to apply that quote with both of your children and just kind of give them the learning grounds of what you go through each week and be able to apply it in real life? Yeah, well, our school's at home, so when they get up in the morning, I'd say go brush your teeth and go to school. Um, but, you know, I think that there, there's really, um, you know, I think everybody understands the expectations, so there's not a there's not a quote or a saying or anything that's going to motivate any of us, in my opinion. And, you know, I think it's the motivation comes from, I don't want to let that guy down. He doesn't want to let me down. I don't want to let him down. And everybody shows up knowing that when I show up, I'm going to give all I've got. And I know that when they show up, they're going to give all they've got. And it's just super easy. It, it really, it really is, it really is easy. And, and I think, I always think actions speak louder than words. And, you know, I think for, for me, the, the, the way to show your kids how to do something is to do it and let them watch. And, you know, I think uh, Keelan will understand, you know, more of what, what today means and, and how much work goes into it because, you know, there are days that I'm up at 5.30 in the morning and he'll come down and say, where are you going today? I said, well, I'm going to the simulator. What are you going to do today? <laughs> he said, well, I guess I'll go back to bed. Um, but he knows he knows that it's not just show up on Sunday, win the race, lose the race, and come home. You know, it's it's Tuesday sitting on the on the calls and and talking about it. It's Tuesdays writing the notes, and you know he'll come over during his break and uh, during school, and and you shut the you shut the iPad down for 15 minutes so you can go shoot baskets or whatever they're doing on on their PE break. But you know those those actions, they're noticed. It's kind of like they say. You know, you're teaching your kids how to drive when they're born, and you put them in the car seat. They see you from day one. All those habits that you have, they see. And it's not just driving, but actions speak way louder than words. Any final questions for Rodney? No? Thank you, Rodney. Send you on to the next. Thank you. Okay. We'll continue with questions for Kevin. We'll go here and go around the right. Eric Young with the superspeedway.com. I'm going to piggyback off of Chris's question a little bit, Kevin. You've got the win now. You're more than likely in the playoffs. How does that change your strategy going forward, or does it change your strategy going forward? It really doesn't. You know, I think um, you know for us, it's just you know I'm gonna I'm gonna debrief on Tuesday and write my notes down, and they're gonna send me 27 emails of what the what the characteristics of the racetrack are and um, all the different setup things and everything that they send me every week, and it's gonna be just the same routine. We're just going to grind through the same things again next week, and it'll be no different than the last 65 weeks that we've lost. So, um, you know, that's just that's just the, that's the great part about having an experienced team and being around people for a long time and being able to have that trust in, in people. And, and you know, the, the expectation, everybody knows this is the expectation, and, and um, nobody's working towards anything different. Stay over here on the right. Tom with SeriouslyFastMedia.com. So, obviously, scored the win, get you guys in the playoffs. Going into the playoffs with just a couple races left, do you guys concentrate? Obviously, winning is key, but do you guys concentrate on stage points or just ultimately going for that win? Nothing. Same answer. We're going to do the exact same thing that we do on a week-to-week -week basis just to, you know, try to do the exact – we're going to do the exact same thing that we've, that we've done that we do every week. Come up here to Bob and then Dustin. Uh, Bob Pockers, Fox Sports. Um, I had to look it up, but your last one was actually Bristol. My Bristol last win? Yeah, not Indy. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that was just the one that, that uh, Piper was at. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm curious. That was your ninth win that year. Is the, at Bristol? No. Was you're it not, dirt? No. Asphalt. Asphalt. It's actually concrete, Bob. Concrete. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's been a long day, hasn't it? But my my question is, like, is it is it strange at all to go 65 races without a win after you had a season where you won nine races? Not really. How many did I lose in the last losing streak? How many was it? It was like 100 and something. I think it was 100 and something, and we won at Talladega, so... I don't know. It's just it's just the way that it goes, right? I mean, you look back at anybody's career and they go through losing streaks. We're just fortunate to end it. You know, I think that's the that's the best part, right? You know, is, is ending the streak. So, um, you know, I think that I think that you just like I have such a routine and and such a you know such a busy schedule of everything that's going on, trying to keep up with my stuff and trying to keep up with the team stuff and trying to. You know, Keelan's racing in Europe and all over the country and, and all the things that, that he's got going on and then trying to keep up with everything that you have at the house and all the projects that we have going on. Like, it, it's, I know it sounds just routine, but it really is a routine. Like, I live off my schedule. I live off the next phone call, you know, and, and plan the next thing. And, and just, you, I pick up my phone in the morning and I say, this is what I have to do. And I literally just, start doing that like there's not it's not like i'm gonna plan today all right we need to figure out how to end this losing streak you know what i mean it's just it, you can't force those things and i tell that to a lot of the young kids you know as you there's nothing in this sport that you can force you know it, it comes by doing the details right it comes by having the right people it comes by putting yourself in position not making mistakes dotting the i's crossing the t's not speeding on pit road um, your feedback is what leads to the next week and you know, your comments and the things that you say and the things that you do and the way that you go about it with, with the guys that you're around, whether it's your crew chief or your engineers, like that stuff is easy, you know, because of the fact that we've worked together for, for so many years and engineers as well. And, and like, it's just, it's so easy to say, hey, you know, this thing was garbage today, you know, and this is why. It's not, but it's never, it's never, hey, this was garbage. And that's the end of the conversation. There's always a thought and they always process it, and then they'll come back with 27 questions, and they'll say, okay, was it, was it here? And then you have to say, no, it's not there. It's here. And so being a part of those conversations and leading those directions is really what gets you back in the game. And, you know, I think um, – but the, there was never a moment where I, – I couldn't have told you how many it was. I know that today is the 777th start, so, I mean, we rolled triple sevens today, so – you knew it before, before I did, though. You wrote about it, what, three months ago? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, it just goes away. Dustin? Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Kevin, can you take me through the final restart and, the and coming up to the line and getting the advantage, and then I'm sure certainly getting help from those guys battling it out to kind of give you that that. that that run, but just take me through that restart. Too. Yeah, so the last restart, I had the five behind me, and I knew I didn't let the need to let the twenty-three up. So I knew I knew I needed to drive it in the corner far enough. But the five had given me such a good push. You know, I had a car length, and I think Bubba got about you know up to my door, and I knew that if we could just get off a of turn two, um, we'd be in. You know, we'd have a chance. 
And then they were side by side, and then we drove down into turn one and two the next lap, and I watched them. I don't know what happened. They all wound up all goofed up down there and up the racetrack. And, you know, I just – I was hoping that the 23 didn't didn't cycle out to be the second car because then we were going to have, a, a you know, a pretty constant race on our hands. But, you know, the more they raced, the further we got away. And that's that's what you want, right, you know, to, to try to get away so they don't have a draft and, and you know, can make up that time quicker. But um, five, you know, launched good. Five gave us a good push, and, and the key was just clearing – uh, the 23 off of two and and being able to uh, go down the go down the back straightaway by myself and not door to door and you know in in a firestorm so you know that that all went smooth. Did you, did you see the 99 with this problem or were you never on the I never I never I didn't even know he had a problem. Okay. Go to Jordan in the back. Jordan Bianchi, the athletic. Um, Bubba came to Victory Lane, wondering what he said to you and what you said to him. Yeah, Bubba and I have a, have a great relationship. Um, you know, so you know, we 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 talk and joke and pick, and I could tell he was a little bit frustrated because he knew how fast his car was today. Um, but you know, it's there's there's great respect there, and and we we have conversation a lot. You know, so it's um, you know it's fun to see them running good. And I'd much rather win though. We'll wrap up with Chris in the front here. Uh, Kevin, going back to the playoff tracks, the second half, Kansas, Texas. Um, Phoenix even, will the next-gen car be, you think it'll race similar that it did like earlier in the season, or are we still part in that learning period where the teams have learned so much since the first time that they've been there with the next-gen car that it's going to be a completely different uh, aspect the second time around, especially in the playoffs? I'm I'm really happy that we're going back to a lot of these racetracks that I can actually open up a notebook and not fire off out of the pits and say, well, I wonder how far I should drive it in today. I wonder if it's going to hit the limiters. I wonder if it's you know, going to be tight or loose. And, and so at least going back to the thought processes will be way different for us, you know, as far as setups and, and things like that. But, you know, I think um, we've learned a lot. And, you know, I think that those setups will be will be different, you know. So, um, but I'm really looking forward to being able to open the notebook and have something there. Do you think it's going to be aggressive correction that playoff? Uh, yeah, I, I think you just, you know, the, the aggressive restarts is, you know, so important. So I don't think any of that will change. I'm sure there will be some of them lose their minds. All right, Kevin, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. He knew somebody's going to be losing their, their mind, but 777 stars, Kyle. It's a lot of stars around it. It don't seem like it was that long he was thrown in the position of taking on the the most popular guy in NASCARs after his death. That's that was a pretty that was a pretty uh big shoes to fill for a guy. Yeah, kinda of the timing and everything wasn't that great, but uh at least, you know, I won Atlanta and Kind of, you know, helped him out in his career, and he won the championship, and now, you know, almost, almost on the cups of cusps of his racing career. And you know, he's got his two kids, you know, coming up. Even his daughter's supposed to be better than his son, so who knows, uh, Kyle? By the time she gets up there, maybe there'll be a few ladies in in cup racing on a kind of a regular schedule instead of. Part time, possible rowdy. So, uh, 
one under his belt, Kyle. That's got to give him a little breathing room. Uh, you know, the big talk before the race was, will he be winning a race this year? Or will he make the playoffs? But like you said, uh, Ryan Blaney's on the bubble now. Isn't that correct? Yeah, Ryan Blaney's the one. Uh, yeah, he's the one in the bubble right now. He's the last one in on points. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. is currently out. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, that'd be a, that'd be a, a big shock. If Martin Truex Jr. didn't make it. Um, but he has some good tracks coming up. Uh, Richmond, he runs well at. It's a, it's a day race too, which will help. Uh, Watkins, London, Daytona, and, and the regular season. So three races left. We could still have three different winners. Um, and then that really, you know, jacks things up. So um, don't know how it's going to go yet, but, uh, you know, I know some of these drivers are looking for their second win to solidify their playoff chances. So uh, a second win wouldn't hurt, and uh, I think that would definitely help, especially going into the playoffs, having some more bonus points as well. So one through ten, we had Kevin Harvick, Bubba Wallace finishing second, Denny Hamlin third, Joey Logano fourth, Ryan Blaney, fifth, Martin Truex, sixth, Kyle Larson, seventh, Eric Jones, eighth, Alex Bowman, ninth, and Ty Gibbs, man. Ty Gibbs and got a top ten finish. Yeah, good run for him. And, uh, Rowdy, I still think my favorite top five of the year was last week in Indianapolis. Uh, you know, I think that was the most interesting top five I've seen in a while at least since the 2007 Coca-Cola 600, if you remember that one. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, you're, you're, you are correct. Yeah, I, re- I remember it. But, uh, that, that yeah, Ty Gibbs is in a good car, and when you're in a championship winning equipment, I mean, you expect to run good. Uh, Eric Jones was ace. He got a top ten out of it. Uh, he ran well uh, in that race. Uh, I know at Daytona he'll be a threat. Uh, not sure about Watkins Glen so much. Richmond, I'm not sure. He runs okay at Richmond. And, uh, yeah, I know he's trying to get that Petty GMS car in. Rowdy, I mean, the like I said, the, the whole, you know, we can still get three different winners. I mean, it's still not over yet um, before the regular season ends. So 15 different winners in the first 23 races. I'm not sure if that's a record or not, but, uh, I mean, it's still pretty good. But uh, yeah, I think I think right now, I mean, if you're if you if you want to race this year, it's probably good to get another win just to be safe and not have to be uh, on the bubble or not have enough points to make it into the playoffs because uh, you know that bubble is really going to start shortening here if we get another winner here in the next couple weeks. So uh, Kyle, uh, one more thing I want to play. It's a fit. It's might as well say a 16-minute interview with Eric Jones. Uh, he was in the uh, press room, and one of his charities is the melanoma because his dad passed the melanoma, which, Kyle, one of the reasons I kind of didn't go to Michigan. But I'd like to listen to Eric Jones. He presented a check to the uh, to the uh, foundation, Melanoma Foundation. Good morning, everyone, and thank you very much for joining us here today. On behalf of the Eric Jones Foundation, we certainly appreciate you all coming out here to Firekeepers Casino 400. Uh, Up here is your hometown, 
Hero, Eric Jones, driving the number 43, Focus Factor Chevrolet Camaro for Petty GMS. And also on stage, Cheryl Stratus, Melanoma Research Foundation board member. So, Eric, we're up here. It's the one-year anniversary of the Eric Jones Foundation. It was just last August at Back to the Bricks where we teed this thing off. And back in May, just uh, not too far from here at Birch Run Speedway, you had your first fundraiser. And, uh, you know, what made you want to create your own charitable foundation and, and, and announce it last August? Well, I think there was a few things that led to the, the creation of it, really, and, and starting probably with, you know, losing my father in 2016 um, was a big kind of spur for me to really start to work with different causes. And one of those initially was obviously the Melanoma Research Foundation. So um, since then, it's kind of developed into a few more, you know, pillars of the foundation with obviously number one being cancer early detection and prevention uh, but also into you know children's reading and literacy and something that I've done to promote now a little bit over the last couple of years um, with being just a big reader myself something I've done my whole life and wanted to promote it a little bit more in a different way to connect with fans and something we've done you know more and more as we went here and the last being uh, animal welfare uh, you know growing up just being Pet lovers, having pets always. Got my dog now and my, my rabbit as well. Uh, so it's, you know, the three pillars seem, you know, a bit different altogether, but three things that in my life really, you know, all mean a lot to me. And, Eric, you had your first fundraiser over at uh, Birch Run Speedway. The beneficiary was MRF Melanoma Research Foundation, and it's why Cheryl is up here on, on stage with you. So encouraging early cancer detection and care is, is one of the three pillars of your foundation, but why in particular an emphasis, an emphasis on melanoma? Yeah, you know, I, like I mentioned, uh, I lost my father to melanoma in 2016 and really just learned I guess how aggressive a disease it can be, you know, and I don't think that something is, is totally well known out there. Um, so just wanted to work to kind of spread the word uh, about something that is really pretty preventable and, you know, growing the knowledge on that and what you can do to prevent melanoma uh, going forward. But really what, what spurred that emphasis uh, for me was, uh, was losing my father to the disease in 2016. And so that event, three reasons to race raise a lot of money. Today we're able to provide that those dollars to MRF, so stand by. You want to hand this to Cheryl? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're uh, proud to make our first real donation here to the uh, Melanoma Research Foundation for $20,000 from our event at uh, Bertrand Speedway. So thank you for coming today to accept. And, Thank uh, you so you much for everything you're doing and in giving back to Melanoma Research Foundation. Um, this not only is to help your fans, um, your pit crew, your family, uh, it's, it's really an amazing contribution, and thank you. Thank you. And we'll, we'll pose for some photos at the end of this, and I can take this from you for a little bit while we continue. But, Cheryl, if you can, you, you are on the MRF board. You are a cancer survivor. When it comes to donations like this, how impactful is it? You know, you went through a clinical trial at UCLA. You beat cancer. You're here today. Talk about just the undertaking of, of those events, and but how meaningful dollars like this are to, to achieving those trials. Right. Um, dollars um, are, are basically what help us, um, you know, invest in clinical research. There has been so many breakthroughs in the past five years for melanoma cancer. We're seeing the landscape 
um, change vastly. And up until about 2009, treatment options hadn't changed for 25 years. And it was pretty much a death sentence. Um, the Melanoma Research Foundation funds um, you know, several uh, clinical trials, young investigators, and um, you know, it's, it's all about um, giving back and survival advocacy because that's a big part of um, you know, being a, a, a patient and um, prevention. Great. And, and Eric, one final question. You know, a lot has gone into this. You guys have accomplished a lot in a year. Your mom's over there. She puts a lot of effort into the, into the foundation as well. How satisfying is it to come here to your home track at Michigan and, and see all that the foundation has, has done in really only a year's time? It's been great. I think I look back at the last year, and uh, like you mentioned, we announced uh, the Eric Jones Foundation just a year ago here uh, up in Flint. And um, what we've built since then I think is, is something to be very proud of. You know, a lot of um, really good people working on it. Uh, like Mike mentioned, my mom puts a lot of work into the foundation to make sure that we're planning these events and getting the right people into place. We've got some great board members that have put a ton into the foundation to get it going and get it off the ground and get it to uh, – you know, something that's going to continue to grow. And for me, you know, it's rewarding. I'm at, um, you know, a position that I, I can give back to the community, and, and it's something that uh, has been fun to really learn a lot about in the last year and really fun to work with some causes that, you know, I think we all really care about. And so uh, I'm just excited for the future. You know, the May event here in Birch Run was really, you know, just the start for us, and uh, I'm excited to see going forward what more we can really do. All right, I'm going to stop asking questions. Ross has a mic. If there's anyone here on the floor, yep, we'll go right to the back. Jason Toy with MRN, and uh, Eric, I, I lost my dad at the same time. Your, your dad passed away from melanoma. Uh, it's one of those things I know that, you know, you're trying to be tough and whatsoever. You don't want you, – that's nah, nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. What about the next steps of getting folks out there to say, okay, you don't have to be a tough guy. you got to get out there. you got to be able to – get it done. You got to get checked. Yeah, I mean, I, I it is tough, right? I mean, I think everybody thinks that they're it's not going to happen to them and I look at, you know, my dad and from the time that he was diagnosed in 2016, you know, obviously began chemotherapy, immunotherapy, you know, immediately after the diagnosis, really, you know, he was gone in 4 months. And obviously that's a very aggressive form. Uh, of melanoma, but, um, you know, it's important to just get out there and get checked. You know, I did um, a sit-down with a dermatologist a few months ago, and we talked back and forth, you know, just about how important it is to go get yourself checked, how easy it is uh, really to sit down and get checked, and just some simple stuff that you can do to, you know, help prevent melanoma. And I look at, you know, the racetrack, and it's, you got fans sitting in the grandstands getting sunbeat on them all day. You know, guys in the garage getting sunbeat on them all day, not only in the garage, but on pit road during the race. You know, it's something that it can happen to anybody. And so just having people going out there, you know, just checking in with their local dermatologist, I think figuring out how easy it is to get in that routine of just going and getting checked uh, is something that, you know, really anybody can do pretty pretty easily. All right. Anyone else? Yep. Dustin right here. Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Um, Eric, I understand this morning in Byron that uh, the community kind of uh, had a nice little send-off for you this this morning. What what was that like, and you know what it mean to, to see those people out there for you? Yeah, it was cool. Um, you know, Byron is a town of four to five hundred 
people, depending, I guess, on the on the day. <laughs> but um, you know, it, it's about four to five hundred people in Byron, so it's a small town, and um, you know, that was cool. That was something that um, you know, someone local put together a few a few weeks back, a couple months back. And uh, just to see the turnout was neat. You know, I didn't know going into it how many people would show up, right? You know, is there going to be 20 people or what? Um, but there was a huge turnout. It was just cool to see uh, see the sport, you know, see how many fans there are uh, from that town. And, and obviously in a smaller town, right, I think the support just ramps up more and more. Uh, but it was really cool, you know, to come, uh, come from Byron. I still come back as much as I can and spend time there. Uh, but to just to go down, see them, stop for a minute, thank them real quick. Uh, before sending off here to the track, you know, I guess that's a little bit more inspiration at the end of the day, you know. It would make a trip through for sure. I, I don't know. They may all reconvene, and if we could win today, they may make their way back into town there. But uh, uh, I would be going right back through. So that, that would be that would be pretty special for sure. Okay, Daniel. Daniel McFadden, Frontchurch.com. Dustin kind of asked my question so if you do win today where is the celebration like where, where, where is the the party route going yeah uh it, it's back to byron my uh my mom still lives in byron so uh, i've been staying there all week since wednesday uh so we'd, we'd all be right back there for sure i i still you know most of my family lives up here still have a lot of friends up in this area uh so we i was planning to stay here no matter what uh i'm racing this week in in uh, grand rapids so uh, that would be a that would be a little extra fun, I guess. <laughs> oh man, uh, that's 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 well, there's there's not a lot in Byron, uh, to be totally honest with you. Um, so it, it would have to be probably more of a more of a uh, someone's place in Byron. That's kind of yeah, maybe we could do like a big field party. That's kind of that's kind of the country thing. So we can, we might be able to make that happen. Yep, right here. Well, another one of these Byron questions. A few years ago, you had Eric Jones Day at the high school. Is he going to, excuse me, do anything like that anytime soon? Or, you know, that was, uh, man, that was a big event and it was awesome. But I do want to do one again uh, eventually in the future, um, just seeing how to give back to fans and support. And that was a cool event just to see um, how many people traveled. Uh, we had a lot of people that traveled pretty far to come to that event and hang out. Um, you know, have some events, some games, giveaways, cook out for everybody. Uh, had a band there, so that was awesome. But uh, uh, it was also a lot of planning. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's going to be an every, you know, however many year thing. But I do want to do another one. It was a, it was a great time, and what was humbling, I think, for you was were you playing uh, the PlayStation or with the kids? And some of them were just flat out whipping you. Yeah, they were smoking me. Uh, <laughs> I was that kid at one point in my life. I definitely could have hopped on there when I was a kid and, and I think beat most people. Uh, but I thought I could still do it. Uh, apparently not. They, they've got way more practice than me uh, on, the, uh, on the NASCAR heat, that's for sure. Bob Hawkers, Fox Sports. Since you're staying at home, do you cook your own meals during this <laughs> week or do you put in a special request? Uh, I, put in, I put in requests uh, with, with mom. Uh, but I, 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 you know, we didn't we didn't cook it too much at home this week. We kept it pretty pretty straightforward. But there's there's definitely some requests every once in a while that I'll put in when I'm back home. Yeah, Dave. One more Byron question, and I probably shouldn't. But is there any chance that there's a Byreen? Byreen. Instead of a Sirene. Oh, oh no, no. There. I told no. you I shouldn't. 
No, there's, you know, I don't know where we would have it, to be <laughs> be honest. No, but we don't have anything like that there. I got a sign. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive and for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 26th and 27th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you all for being here today. Uh, as you can tell, we are now joined by our co-grand marshals for today's Firekeepers Casino 400. To my immediate, immediate right, we have a member of the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame, Michigan State men's basketball coach Tom Izzo. Next to him, the 2021 Big Ten Football Coach of the Year, Michigan State football coach Mel Tucker. Coach Izzo, we'll start with you. You've been here before. About 10 years ago, you drove the pace car. What do you remember about that experience and uh, talk about being back here at Michigan International Speedway? How slow I went, how big the curves looked. Um, it was an incredible experience, to be honest with you. I really enjoyed it. I, I had never done anything like that before, and uh, thank God they gave me a car that wouldn't go too fast. <laughs> I think the car was going to go fast. It was you that was controlling it, you know. Uh, Coach Tucker, your first time here. I know you haven't been here very long, but uh, you know what have you seen that, that's interesting to you? What are you looking forward to out of today? Yeah, I, I haven't been here, so everything is interesting to me. I mean, this is this is wild. I mean, the, the uh, you can feel the buzz and the excitement uh, just you know approaching the track, and then um, I, I found out there's a lot of Michigan State fans in here yeah, too, so sure that's a good deal. But uh, just everything that's going on, and I see. Um, you know, seeing the teams, there's a lot of teamwork. There's a lot of moving parts. A lot of people have to do their jobs, and so I'm excited excited to see the race. Awesome. Thank you, gentlemen. We'll open it up to media questions. Please raise your hand if you have a question. Uh, we have some wireless mics. Please wait for the mic. Also, start with your name and affiliation so these gentlemen know who they're speaking with. We can start over here with Taylor. Sorry, Ross. Uh, Taylor DeSormo with MLive.com. Uh, so for both of you, uh, what player on your team do you think would be most likely to be a race car driver? Who, who do you think could, uh, could could make the transition? Go ahead. I don't know. What Maybe. crazy man do you have? Well, I got quite a few of those guys. <laughs> I, I, could see, I could definitely see Peyton Thorne doing this. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, no doubt, Peyton Thorne. I'd say for me it's A.J. Hogard. He's on the certifiable list, so I think he would. <laughs> you guys got some swag as well. Can you tell us about what uh, what you've gotten so far? Well, we're a member of the Ziegler crew right now, the Ziegler family, and uh, we had the car up on campus. When was it, Friday, Mel? Yep, that's right. That was amazing, man. I know our team, I think your team, we all got to take some pictures with it and uh, meet Josh, the driver, who was awesome. I'm still trying to figure out. How in the hell they get into those cars, into those small seats, and are not claustrophobic? You wouldn't fit in there. I just want you to know. You don't think I could fit in there? No. No. You're probably right. There's no chance. Jason. But actually, and also Coach Tucker, uh, a second question for you as well. But talk about what you guys see, obviously, with your teams and what you see with NASCAR teams and how everybody has to work together when it comes to pit stops. And Coach Tucker, for you, kind of full circle. You started your – 
uh, graduate work, your coaching career at Michigan State, and you come back as the head coach. What's the feelings like in, in being in the, this position now? Yeah, I mean, this was, it was a dream come true for me. This was always my dream job. Uh, since 1997, I wanted to be the head coach at Michigan State at some point, and so it happened, and um, it's just, uh, you know, I, I, can't, I can't really say enough about it. You know, I read a book um, a few years back, Racing to Win, with Joe Gibbs, and it talked about um, how similar the sports are in terms of the teamwork and then the, the driver being like the quarterback and things like that. And, and uh, so I've been fascinated with that aspect of, of NASCAR. And so uh, to get a chance to see it up close and personal for me is, is quite a treat. Yeah, and for me, just walking through the uh, by the garage and all the things, you just realize how many people it takes. But it is the same for us, you know, from the janitor to – the head coach, if everybody doesn't do their job. But here, um, it's so split second. That's what is amazing to me. You know, they talk about winning or losing, and they talk about making up a quarter of a second or a half a second, you know. Hmm. Oh, that'd be easy for me to do, you know. Uh, but uh, but I do, uh, I, I was very impressed with just how many people, I mean, it was like guys running around. I felt like everybody doing their job. That was amazing. Algren, CBS, and Lansing. Hey, guys. Um, I want to know, how many times did you practice the command for today? None yet for me. Uh, what is the command for today? <laughs> Mel, start your engines. <laughs> uh, um, you know, we're, we're not that bad. You know, when they tell us what to say, we can repeat that, right? I, I, would, I, hope, I hope so. I hope so. What 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 are you what are you going to say? Do you know what you're going to say, or am I going to you stand by you? Drivers, start your engines. We're going to say it at the same time. Yes, sir. Okay, so we scream it as loud as you can. We're going to scream well. it. We'll Fire the crowd up. We'll yeah. practice in the bathroom before we go out. You know, drivers, start your engines. Yeah, we'll be ready. <laughs> we'll stay over here. We have another one. Oh, sorry, Russ. No. Do we have other questions? No other questions for these gentlemen. Wonderful. Well, I will be remiss if I did not mention that uh, they're here as part of the Ziegler Auto Group um, special paint scheme on the number 77 Chevrolet of Josh Balicki today. So look out for that on the racetrack. Thank yeah, you we're going to be cheering for him. Yes, sir, you, you are. Know. We're going to be prejudiced and cheer for him. We'll pull for the whole race today, but we've got a little special interest. I love it. Thank you very much for being here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. Go green. <laughs> Go white. Uh, Kyle, like I was saying it's really nice to meet some of those guys at the track. Uh, you get to see what they get to see what we do, and uh, sometimes I get to go see what they do. Yeah, Rowdy, it's all it's all the well, you know, sports, you know, uh, teams, and uh, you know. Uh, you need teamwork in, in in this in this sport, and just like it is in NASCAR and even in football and basketball, uh, you know, teamwork's very important. Well, Kyle, uh, we're gonna be back on our Thursday night deal coming up this weekend. You know, we've changed over for everybody like wondering what's going on. Uh, we're here on in the mornings, but we've moved the Monday night show over to Monday morning. Uh, it's going to work out good when my Monday morning and I'm still at the racetrack and we're talking about maybe do a live from the racetrack, the show. And uh, 
kind of upstep our game a little bit here, Kyle. Yeah, Rowdy, we've been doing that pretty pretty good. You know, we had a Saturday night show, and, you know, just keep your eyes out. Uh, Facebook page and the website, uh, try to update some stuff. Uh, looks like Saturday, August 20th, I'll be going to Port Royal Speedway for Open Wheel Madness 3. So uh, that's kind of looking like my next race, and maybe we'll get to another one. We'll see here. That's what what you got to close us out here, Kyle. I, I know you just told us where you was going to be, but what else you got on your mind for the get us out of here well uh you know we got some big races coming up here in pa uh you know uh we have port royal speedway they they got most of their features in saturday night uh they got the 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 past 305 sprint feature got rained out they'll make it up on august 20th so not one but two uh past 305 sprint features on uh saturday august 20th also with the usas east coast wingless sprint cars and the 410 wing sprint cars Expected to be a big show. Uh, Knoxville Nationals coming up this week. Uh, I know that's a big deal. Uh, Kyle Larson competed in the Knoxville 360 Nationals over the weekend. Uh, Sam Hayferty Jr. won Friday night portion of the, of the 360 Nationals, and Aaron Reitzel won the $30,000 to win uh, portion Saturday night at a Knoxville Raceway. So uh, the uh, the big one, the Knoxville Nationals for the 410 Sprint Cars coming up this week. Uh, Kyle Larson is going to be flying back and forth from Richmond and Knoxville. And then, uh, like we said, Richmond uh, running with the trucks in the Cup Series. Um, another playoff race for the Truck Series is the middle race of the round. And then um, the Cup Series, we still have to figure out the rest of the playoff field. So we'll see what happens, and then uh, I guess we'll just go from there. Well, Kyle, uh, man, I appreciate you stopping in on a Monday morning. I think that's going to help up both of us. It's kind of different on Monday afternoon, not worrying about it. Don't forget the show. But don't have to do that. The show's done been done, and we've got it on our time. You can listen to it again. Just go to the page and hit the little icon and take you right to the show. Just a, couple of, a few hours later, but it's still the same thing. Congratulations to Harvey getting his first win this year, Kyle. Uh, thanks a lot to Eric Summers for what he does on his charity. Thank you. Kind of a tough conversation, Kyle. So, everyone, Kyle.